Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. He takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and uh, we are now focusing on the NFL draft, and that is going to be the main theme over the next several weeks as we approach uh, the virtual draft, uh, the fully virtual NFL draft, as uh, Roger Goodell put it in his memo to teams uh, on Monday, meaning that literally everyone is going to be drafting from their separate spaces, uh, Dylan, which is uh, going to make things very interesting uh, when you have all of these team personnel. We're so used to seeing these these shots on ESPN NFL Network uh, of 53,000 people uh, and packed into a 400-square-foot room, uh, jumping up and down, you know, notebooks everywhere, drinks, um, you know, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Um, yet, you know, every front office member is not going to be in the same room now. Everyone's going to be basically drafting from home, uh, and that makes a very interesting setup and for some very interesting uh, dynamics heading into this draft. Hopefully some of these teams post, you know, like videos from their personal social media accounts, kind of profiling each of their processes. Because I'm like, yeah, there's kind of this set system already in place for the normal draft. I feel like all these teams are kind of going to be doing things on the fly, making up their own ideas, how they're going to communicate. I don't know if they just constantly have a Zoom meeting going or what's really going to be the, the setup here. But it definitely adds a different element that is, I mean, I, they can still get everything done just like, you know, we're working from home and we can still get a lot of the things we usually do done. But there are certain things that are different. And uh, I'm sure some teams are going to adapt better than others and more easily, more fluidly. Um, but overall, yeah, still happy the draft's happening, I guess. But at the same time, I would have not been uh, upset if they had actually waited to uh, delay this a little bit. I understand it, it's kind of they don't want to push back the calendar 
uh, with the, the schedule overall is they're already going to have to cancel a lot of these camps uh, in like May and June and stuff. But um, in terms of the overall schedule, getting this out of the way, otherwise you're just pushing back how long these team players, even if they're not really getting in the building um, in a, in a literal sense, uh, getting them, their names in the building, getting that communication going. I understand why they want to push through with this. Yeah. Peter King in his normal uh, weekly column that, that posts, um, he put, he had pictures in there, which he had talked to different coaches and, um, they had put pictures in there. Frank Wright was one of the ones, uh, Andy Reid, they both sent in pictures uh, of themselves working from home. And so you could see their setups. Uh, you know, I think Frank Wright, yeah, he had like, I don't know, three or four computers going. He was watching film. Uh, then Andy Reid was in his basement, um, just in a corner, like just looks like your normal, you know, typical basement uh, of any house. And he's working in the corner over there. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was interesting because it is. I mean, everyone's, you know, maybe for me, I guess I was reading this article trying to get some tips uh, for all of us uh, here to, to yeah. better organize ourselves, um, see if I can I can work like uh, Andy Reid, uh, who is the Super Bowl champion. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Like, you know, I mean, communication, we've always said communication is important, but my goodness, um, how important is communication now, uh, especially heading into the, the NFL draft, where, as we know, there are so many different, elements to go into it it's not just a matter of talking with your you know front office members and making a pick it's also talking to other teams and uh, that's what we're going to get into mm-hmm. here as we look ahead what the most exciting elements are heading into this draft we just talked about i think the virtual part of it makes it exciting in and of itself to see how everything's going to play out to see some of the reactions um you know from, from the picks and everything and, uh, you know, Dylan, I think it all starts when you, you mentioned excitement. I think it all starts with uh, trades because that's all we've talked about. Um, who are the potential teams that are going to move up to draft? Maybe one of these these quarterbacks uh, that we mentioned, Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa. Um, could we see those trades? And I think for me, that is probably the most intriguing part uh, of this draft here, just seeing how maybe the top five, top seven, something mm-hmm. like that shake out. Yeah, in terms of trades and where the quarterbacks all fall, obviously there's a lot of other great skill position players we're going to talk about, but where these QBs end up as much as, I mean, the trades are going to be really exciting in the moment, but also just imagining all the different, uh, you know, possibilities where this QB is on this team and that one and that team. So well, how it all shakes out, I, you know, it seems like uh, everyone's saying the number three pick is most likely going to be dealt by the Lions back for someone trading to get to a Possibly we've seen some reports saying the teams like Herbert Moore. I know we talked a bit before this about uh, some of the mock drafts out there. And Todd McShay had Jordan Love going ahead of Herbert. So it's kind of all over the place right now. Um, it's really hard to predict trades, but uh, that's the one thing I'm, uh, you know, we had our whole podcast kind of last time talking just about the the Bengals possibly trading back from one, if it's really even realistic and why it could make sense. I think that prospect of that happening is still the most intriguing thing is, uh, you know, if Cincinnati does decide to go all in on, on Joe or if they really <laughs> decide to get, you know, a ton of picks and see what they can do to, to build back their overall roster. That's the most intriguing thing to me is where Burrow ends up. I still think it's going to be the Bengals. So then after that, it, it slides more into, you know, who trades up to three are the dolphins really committed to two or how much are they going for him? Or are they going to settle for another quarterback? Are they more interested in another quarterback anyway? So maybe they sit, there's just so many different things that, uh, you know, right now it's, we don't have, we have some rumors, but overall, the, I mean, the dolphins on their front, other than them being interested in possibly training up for number one, there's not a whole lot. There's, you know, some rumors about them not being as in on Tua as other teams, but, uh, yeah, we'll see about, I mean, the, the chargers, obviously, uh, I don't think you know, as much as, you know, Tyron Taylor's had some solid moments in his career. I don't think he's the long-term answer there. So whether they, 
um, are going to trade up or whether they're going to wait until you know another year. We'll see what happens. But I, I, they're they're one team that I'm interested to see if they possibly trade up. Uh, the Jaguars, I don't, you know, we've seen some of these mocks have them taking a QB at number nine, whoever falls that far. I don't know about that. Um, and beyond that, I mean, a lot of teams you know, yeah, are kind of set at QB. I know the Raiders are maybe one that could be a dark horse if, if uh, John Gruden is feeling really ambitious and wants to move up. He probably can, but uh, with some of the picks they have. But I, I don't know. It's just the, the trades are the biggest thing for me. I think the the one that I'm pretty set on not expecting, though, at this point is number two. I think the Redskins are kind of seems like they're settled in on Chase Young, and you could understand why. Yeah, I think so. Um, and we're going to have an announcement here coming up at the end of the episode uh, about uh, how we could uh, have our own fun with the uh, NFL draft over the next couple <laughs> weeks. So we've got something really fun planned for that. Um, and so we'll see uh, where uh, some of these players land, as we said, uh, not knowing what the trades could be. And my guess is we'll probably know who the number one pick's going to be uh, you know, before the draft even starts. That's usually how it works. Uh, unfortunately, I like the suspense. I'd rather just, uh, you know, no one tell anyone anything. Let's just wait till the draft starts and <laughs> see where things uh, happen there. But that, eh, not that, not how it works in this uh, information age. Um, but beyond that, uh, as we look ahead to some of our favorite prospects entering this draft, and I think for me, that's where this this adds another intriguing element, and that's with the wide receivers. We've talked about, uh, you know, everyone mentioning that this is probably, you know, one of the deepest wide receiver classes we've seen. You look at some of the mock drafts that are out there and you can understand why, um, you know, there's just there's so many good wide receivers and guys that, you know, that project well to the NFL. And as we say, mm-hmm. you know, we never know how these guys are going to pan out. Uh, but there are a lot of guys that, that have the resources and the tools uh, to be really, really good. And, and for me, um, that would probably start with one of the most exciting ones on my board. And yes, there's going to be an SEC flavor to some of my ones that we discussed here. Uh, as everyone knows, I am in SEC country. But uh, Jerry Judy from Alabama, uh, probably the consensus seems to be one of the top two wide receivers in this draft, along with CeeDee Lamb from Oklahoma. Uh, although uh, others have uh, Henry Ruggs uh, from Alabama as well, maybe potentially going ahead of Jerry Judy. I don't know that I see that. But you look at Judy, Dylan, I mean, he's, you know, I've seen him all over the place in some of these mock drafts. Mm-hmm. I think the Raiders, uh, the 49ers, teams like that, uh, that would love to add a receiver uh, of his caliber. You look at some of the comparisons for him. Um, you know, just one of these guys that, that everyone seems to think is pretty much a lock uh, based on, you know, all his tools that, that he has and uh, just, just someone that could probably play in some different areas for you. And I know some people have compared him, you know, to guys like A.J. Green and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely going to be a fun prospect. And just, again, one of many one of many wide receivers in this draft um, <laughs> that we could see, you know, becoming a Pro Bowl type of player probably. Yeah, we've already seen in, the, in free agency how this all these receivers kind of drove down the price of some of the free agent receivers. Just everyone knows there's so many top prospects here. And even in this draft, and you, you've kind of looked at a lot of the mocks, uh, same as I have. And usually with a guy like Jerry Judy, you'd see him definitely in the top 10, top, top like kind of six area. But because there's so much talent, uh, it works. It's almost like the same phenomenon we see overall in the NFL with running backs with the, the price tag for them not being as high. 
as it used to be. And for receivers here, yeah, I mean, the you know, if it's, a team's not going to really reach for one because they know they could always wait back and wait till their pick comes up or even trade back, and there's probably still going to be a great prospect there. I do think Jerry Judy, though, is beyond that. I, you know, in a class that is this deep, I mean, in terms of just how exhilarating and just watching him in college and seeing how that's, I, you, I really believe it's going to translate at the NFL level. I, I think he's in a, I'll be surprised if he's not the first receiver taken. And I do think he's the kind of guy that, uh, you know, we, looking at some of these mock drafts where he falls to 13 or in the, right outside the top 10. I just don't, I don't know if I see that happening. I see, I think some yeah. team's going to look at this and be like, look, this guy's just like, if we can get him, even if it, if you don't have to trade up a little bit, uh, you yeah. know, uh, 49ers are one at that number 13 spot where he's falling in this McShay or uh, I guess in the, and the different uh, one we were looking at here. But overall, I, I think there's some other teams in the top 10 or teams that could move up to the top 10. He's just on a different level. And uh, wherever he ends up, I think they're immediately going to make an impact the same way we've seen some uh, younger receivers in the last couple of years. Yeah, and, and you know, someone, I was reading something on this, and I can't remember exactly, I'm trying to remember what it was, but um, I don't want to mention the name because if I get it wrong, I'm going to attribute it to the <laughs> wrong person. But um, was mentioning how, you know, ultimately guys like Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, they could be taken lower than expected potentially depending on the trades that are in that top part of the draft because people know how deep this draft class yep. is with wide receiver and that you know people may not be willing to spend that high of a pick on a wide receiver. And so they're saying, well, we can get as good a value or close to, to that type of value maybe if we take a guy you know, in the mm-hmm. early second round, something like that. So that could be interesting, um, or yep. that could just be you know people talking like that and trying to, to spread <laughs> that out there so they can pick uh, one of these guys uh, near the top. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see. And you know, you look at some of the, the other prospects. Uh, we'll go into more of them, but I know one of the ones you've mentioned, uh, Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. Um, clearly, you know, one of the best players in this draft. Uh, I think we know that uh, he is going to be coveted by someone, and and he's probably you know, honestly going to fall right there in that mix when we talk about how the, mm-hmm. the trades could impact this draft. Like, he's going to be right there in the middle of all this, and that could ultimately, you know, decide on where he lands depending on uh, maybe who trades up to, to take one of these top five type of picks. Uh, I think a lot of the mocks have him going to the Giants, which would make sense. But, again, that could be a trade spot too, and I think he's someone, because he's not one of these two quarterbacks, um, you know, his, his placement could range, you know, different places because, uh, you know, we don't know exactly who could trade up into one of those top five or seven spots and that could, you know, alter where he's picked. Uh, yeah, we've seen that in the past. Some of these uh, higher kind of concentrated QB drafts, I think of even like 2018 where, you know, teams are moving up and, or, you know, Darnold, the, the Jets made the deal. They move up to number three. The Colts fall back, get picks, and they also pick up Quentin Nelson. You see, saw Roquan Smith of the Bears go number eight that year. Uh, some, uh, you know, these guys just falling because, like you're saying, at the end of the day, outside of like we're talking about receiver and the, the um, value of some of the top guys being suppressed by just how deep the class is. On the uh, quarterbacks, like the one position where that's just not going to be the case. Like no matter what, even if it's a there's a ton of really uh, highly touted quarterbacks or only a couple, uh, teams are still going <laughs> to prioritize that first and still going to trade up and overpay potentially with the picks they give up. So where yeah, where Isaiah Simmons goes, I still think he's going to be a top you know five six pick. But yeah, it could impact uh, you know most mocks 
are having him fall to number four to the Giants. Obviously, they can use as much defensive talent as possible. But um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, you know, they, the Giants have other needs that they they could be perfectly fine falling back. And you see more of these offensive tackles going kind of in that uh, eight to like 11, 12 range. So there's a lot of different things in play where he ends up, though. I'm sure. I mean, he's another player that I know we talked about before the podcast. Just every game you're watching Clemson, he's the guy you're glued to. There's not, you know, for we're kind of in the fantasy football age and how we watch football. So often we're just watching following the ball or following uh, the offensive and what's happening there. But he's like he's the kind of guy on that level, at least at the college level. I still think he'll be a great NFL player. But he was a guy where you'd watch Clemson games and your eyes are glued to him. It just doesn't there's not a lot of college players like that. A lot of NFL players like that. Uh, I mean, Chase Young, we, I, I know I mentioned him a little earlier. He's kind of the same way uh, defensive end. So, yeah, wherever Isaiah ends up, I yeah, really intrigued to watch his career unfold. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. And uh, no matter who picks him, uh, we know one thing, and that's that uh, Isaiah Simmons is going to get paid. And guess what? You can get paid to over <laughs> at Bet Online. Uh, currently, there's no NBA, no NHL, no MLP, but um, there is still stuff to bet on. So if you're one of the people out there thinking that there's nothing to bet on, as we've said for many episodes in a row, you would be wrong because. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Uh, you can let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. They're all open 24 hours a day because they're all online, including their $750,000 poker series. And if you're into props and entertainment betting, uh, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. All you have to do is visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. Yes, folks, 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Um, Dylan, some of the other players uh, on my list here. Uh, a couple other SEC ones, and then we'll talk about another mm-hmm. one here in a second. Uh, Javon Kenlaw, uh, South Carolina, uh, one of the better uh, defensive linemen in this draft. Uh, I think he's got a great story. Can't remember who did the story on him uh, here recently on ESPN, talking about him, uh, you know, growing up homeless and ultimately now, you know, becoming one of one of the better players in the draft. And and also, uh, he's probably going to go in the top yeah. fifteen, I would think, you know, somewhere in there. Uh, Xavier McKinney from Alabama, another Alabama guy. Uh, I bring him up because we did an article on clutch points here recently, and I think it was from uh, Peter King or maybe one of the other weekly articles. Again, this is where you know do so much reading, you're like, I can't remember where you read this stuff. Um, but someone had it in there about one of the the top NFL um, draft evaluators, you know, guys who evaluate talent, scout, and all this. Um, was comparing you know Xavier McKinney to to an Earl Thomas type of player, which uh, hey, if you can get that, um, I think whoever takes him is going to be pretty happy. So a couple guys there uh, on my list. Uh, who are some of the others that you were uh, looking forward to here in this draft? Yeah, I'll touch really quick on those. I mean, McKinney is one that some of the early mocks that came out after the season, you won't find him in the first round. So he's a guy's stock, as you're talking about with scouting and all the things that happen, as we've seen where these mock drafts that happen right when the season ends or right after call 
college football season ends just changed dramatically. And he's a guy who's yeah immediately hit into that top uh, 18, top 20. Obviously, Javon Kinlaw, uh, you yeah, find him around 16 or all the way up to number nine. So someone's going to have a really good defensive tackle. And then obviously it's safety. If you can have anyone with an impact close to Earl Thomas, I mean, we, it's just, you'll <laughs> see some evaluators talk about the safety position not really being like it used to be with the way the game's played now. But uh, there's still some really great enforcers. I, you know, if, uh, we've seen uh, someone like a Derwin James who, you know, ended up going pretty high in his draft, but did fall from the area. If you can have a guy with that kind of impact, it, it just immensely helps your defense. But just going to, through the, the over the rest of the draft, I mean, obviously, two was a really easy one to talk about because uh, I mean, <laughs> followed him since early in his Alabama career, even when he was coming in late in yeah. games when they were blowing out teams and you're just watching him show off his arm talent as a, a freshman before, you know, finally coming in for that national title comeback. Uh, he's one that is really easy to, you know, obviously be excited about. I still think he's going to go really high. I, you know, the concerns about his health seem to be just, uh, you know, a little bit overly cautious at this point with what he's able to do when he's healthy on the field. I, I think he's going to end up having a, a great NFL career wherever he ends up. One, I know we talked a little bit before um, that's intriguing to me is some of the offensive tackles in this draft, uh, especially for a team like the Browns, where I, who in pretty much every mock I can find from anyone uh, reputable, they're taking an offensive tackle, <laughs> whether it be Jed, uh, another Alabama. Sure enough, we'll just keep talking about Alabama players. Jedrick Wills is one name that's been mentioned a lot. Uh, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. So a few, a few of those guys I'm really intrigued to see. Obviously, at receiver beyond the few top ones, um, as some I watch, you know, for a conference that hasn't been that great. I watch a lot of Pac-12 football over here. Uh, Michael Pittman, I still think that you're talking about guys that could end up in that early second round range where you're still going to get a lot of value. I think he'll be an intriguing one to see where he ends up. I still think he has a lot to offer. And I, overall, the, I, this draft is so deep that going deep into the second round, you'll, you know, just scrolling through some of the names on our prospect list from Pro Football Reference, you just see guys that, you know, aren't going to be mentioned in that first round. I know running back isn't a <laughs> flashy thing maybe there's some guys like Dobbins that yeah. used to go higher that aren't going to Jonathan Taylor but I'm still excited to watch these guys I know they're it's not the most flashy thing anymore to talk about running backs but I, I still think some of these guys are going to provide value and now that they're um, maybe value uh, more uh, optimally in terms of what a running back can give even though they're going to go in the second third round stuff like that I still think once they're on the NFL level they're going to provide a, lo a, a lot of help for those teams I, I think the Rams might I mean, they have a lot of needs and they're, you know, I was looking kind of some through some of their mocks at, uh, with the 52nd pick, but they could take a running back. Obviously uh, right now it's Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. I don't know if that's unless Daryl Henderson really takes a huge jump. Yeah. Uh, if they can get, if they can snag a Jonathan Taylor that deep, I don't know if he'll fall that far, but that, I would be excited as a Rams fan. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, one thing I've gathered from the players we've talked about is uh, pick an Alabama player out of the hat and um, probably <laughs> going to be intrigued by right there. <laughs> yes. Um, Nick Saban, he's pretty good at what he does. Um, yeah. So, so, I mean, like I said, there, there are lots of different players and I mean, I think it's just a matter of, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of, of different ones. Like we said, that it, probably these trades are going to impact, especially at the top of the draft. And while my dogs are barking <laughs> here in the background, uh, they're clearly excited yes. for the draft. Um, you know, we look ahead too at some of these and we mentioned quarterback and I think the one quarterback that, that seemingly, has gotten a lot more interesting uh, is Jordan Love from Utah State because um, he's one that, that you look around, different mock drafts. You know, I'm looking at Mel Kuyper's most recent one. He's got him going to the Patriots at number 23. Obviously, that would be very interesting. 
because we know where things stand for the Patriots right now. And we know the Patriots are going to draft a quarterback. We just don't know where it's going to be uh, in the draft. I mean, they, they, you know, I think we understand that they're probably going to pick someone up with one of the picks that they have. Um, and it's just a matter of how high is it? And would they go that route with Jordan Love? I mean, he's someone that, that is getting a lot of attention from Dublin because I think he fits into what we're seeing with some of these successful quarterbacks, you know, a, in the NFL now, like a mm-hmm. mobile type of quarterback, um, you know, who's probably going to be able to excel and in a spread type of situation where, you know, he can beat you through the air, he can beat you with his feet. Um, and so I think that's going to make him intriguing. But like we're saying, knowing that, you know, there's probably going to be two quarterbacks specifically that are going to be taken in the top five, does someone else, you know, in that range, maybe, I don't know, like 14 to, to 20-something, like, do they decide to maybe take that chance on Jordan Love? I think he's one of the more interesting ones, too, here in the first round. I, I might be a bit more biased about Justin Herbert be, you know, being on the West Coast and all the Oregon games I watched. But beyond beyond the top four QBs, so if, if we're talking about Burrow, Tua, Herbert, and then Love, it definitely yeah. for me drops off. I know, I mean, I want Jalen Hurts to do well. I'm not positive how high of a prospect he is. obviously is regarded as or how I would really evaluate him on the NFL I hope he does well but uh, yeah after those first few guys it really drops off so I think that does help Jordan Love's uh, value here I, we had a, a you know I love the rumors and the, the language used in these kind of things we had an article talking about the Chargers having a crush on Jordan Love uh, so I mean that that's one yeah. where we uh, we were looking at McShay's draft and he uh, mock draft and he had Jordan Love going above Herbert to the Chargers at number six I know team uh, some other teams that have uh, inquired about him are the Packers and Saints I think for Jordan Love to go to a situation with a franchise like one of those where they have such an established QB you can learn from that might be the best situation for him rather than uh, a place like the Chargers, even the, even the Patriots. I mean, with what they've done, if he, if they decide he's the guy they want, I think that would be a great fit. I still think he could succeed with the Chargers, but uh, still, yeah, a guy that, you know, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not as old, but maybe I just need to actually sit down and watch a lot more Utah state football <laughs> than I'm used yep. to. I, I've seen, you know, the certain like highlight uh, reels and stuff like that, but nothing to the point where I'm seeing anything that's like, all right, he's definitely going to be a, a great NFL quarterback. You know, if we look back at so many uh, of these past, like, you know, past decades of drafts and there's, there's so many names of guys that go in this top 15 range that are just forgotten about. Um, I hope he doesn't end up like that, but uh, you can see a team, like I'm saying, where it, falls off after those first few quarterbacks you can see a team reaching for them i just don't after two and burrow whether you like herbert or love more i'm not i'm just i guess i'm not completely sold maybe it's just so many teams are snake bit by these kind of picks in past years i just don't know for sure i think mel kuyper brings up one of the reasons why i think it's you compare his 2018 stats to 2019 stats at utah state 2019 he threw 20 touchdowns 17 interceptions uh, you go back to 2018, he had 32 touchdowns and six interceptions. So a big difference there. And, oh, you know, yeah. I don't – I mean, I think that's one of the things that the teams will probably look at. And and I don't know. I'm with you. Like, I don't know exactly where he could fall. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone in these 20 range draft him. I also wouldn't be surprised to see him fall into the early second round type of range, uh, maybe yeah. somewhere in there if, if we don't see that run on quarterbacks. Uh, after those teams at the top, you know, pick up some of those guys like Burrow and, and Tua and, and Herbert. So I don't know. I mean, I think you throw him in there. You mentioned Jalen Hurts. I mean, you know, I think Jacob Eason probably going to be someone. Jake Fromm from Georgia uh, or two two former Georgia quarterbacks, I guess, yep. Eason uh, transferred to Washington. But uh, yeah, so I mean, there, there are lots of different ones. And 
Uh, quarterback spot, always the most intriguing heading into the draft, and I don't think that it'll be any different uh, even in a draft like this where wide receivers are being talked about a lot. Uh, it's still those quarterbacks uh, that are going to drive uh, a lot of the interest in terms of how this draft could unfold. But, Dylan, yeah. speaking of drafts, uh, that brings us to our big announcement because we're looking ahead. We're thinking, you know what? What can we do that could be a lot of fun heading into the draft? And it works out perfectly because we have decided to do our own NFL mock draft, and we're going to do it in a very fun and entertaining way. Over the next four episodes of this podcast, yes, four episodes, we're going to stretch this thing out. Uh, We want to give you as much information as we can, and we're going to have uh, fun with this, like we said. (laughs) We're going to look uh, on each episode. We're going to do a mock draft of eight picks uh, on each one. So here's how we're going to do it. Dylan and I are going to alternate picks. So it's basically going to be a fantasy football draft. Um, We're just picking NFL players in the first round of this year's draft. Um, So let's just look at it that way. Although we're not having to, you know, assemble a team uh, in specific positions. Uh, But uh, we are going to alternate picks, and we are going to make the picks for every single team in the first round uh, of this draft. And and Dylan, uh, I know we're going to do a coin toss uh, to decide who gets the first pick, but I think this is going to be great because – we're going to have to think on our feet. We're going to have to put ourselves um, you know, in these draft rooms, which I guess it's perfect, right? It's a virtual draft. We're doing this <laughs> just like everyone else's. So we might as well be uh, NFL GMs in this particular version of things. Um, we're going to you know, make our picks, and then the other person has to you know, figure out who they're going to pick based on uh, what if their pick uh, was selected before. So uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun, and I think we'll, we'll have some exciting uh, picks with this one and uh, there will be some frustrations as well when one of us uh, sees our, our projected pick fly off the board uh, the pick before yeah no I mean at least we'll be able to do sub planning in terms of once we have the the orders picked we'll, we'll know which teams we're going to really be targeting we can look yep. into what they need and that might help us have like a little bit of a contingency plan <laughs> say you take someone that I'm <laughs> thinking to pick but I uh, know it's yeah definitely excited for this it's going to be a lot of fun uh, in terms of us you know talking through what we're thinking from that team's point of view as we make the picks as we just obviously teams aren't going to be as as open about if they're pissed off that one guy got taken right before them but we can do that here on this podcast so yeah it's going to be a lot of fun uh looking forward to it yeah and we will uh we'll figure it out we'll give you guys uh once we we start the next episode uh that'll be our, our next episode you'll know who gets the first pick, and we will start running through uh, the first uh, eight picks in the NFL draft, and uh, we will alternate our selections. Uh, but it'll be a lot of fun. We obviously won't account for trades uh, because uh, we, you know, we're not we're not wearing the GM hats uh, to that point. Uh, but we will go through the order as it stands right now and make a pick for each team. But Dylan, speaking of the NFL draft, lots of great stuff going on over clutch points. Uh, thoughts on the draft, uh, other stuff. Uh, as well here in free agency. Uh, let everybody know where they can find all that. You can find all of our draft content, all NFL rumors, uh, editorials going over, you know, looking at what teams need on clutchpoints.com under the NFL section. You can search for teams, for players, for if you just search NFL draft, all of our draft articles will be sorted there. Uh, same thing with our Clutch Points app. No games again, obviously. <laughs> Hasn't been. It feels a lot longer than it has been without any sports, but yep. uh, you can still go there and read all of our written content. Our podcast is there as well as everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Uh, appreciate all the listeners, and yeah, I'm really excited to dive deeper into thinking about what these teams really need to do with these picks beyond just you know right now. More so, it's been 
uh, we're looking at the guys we're most excited for at the NFL level. But uh, yeah, when it's it's coming up. It really, honestly, like I, I didn't realize <laughs> I was, it just with everything <laughs> happening uh, that the draft was only a few weeks away. I was like, wow, I, for some reason, it just uh, the idea of any sports, uh, big kind of sports things happening at this point uh, just doesn't really <laughs> pop into my head. So many other things in my mind. But yeah, excited that it's not too far off and uh, just will accelerate uh, the timeline and getting ready for me, I guess, at this point. <laughs> Yep, uh, that's true. Uh, it's just, man, I, I know it's been, it's been a weird and unique off season in the NFL, but uh, lots more fun stuff going on the way here with uh, the NFL draft and all that. And I, I'm trying to think back. I think in this 29 minute stretch here, we haven't mentioned Tom Brady. So just wanted to make sure I said his name uh, oh, yeah, before we. And actually, I look at my Twitter right now, and you know what? It looks like Tom has actually, in the middle of this podcast. He has thanked the Patriots on Twitter. So oh, that's nice. there you go. Very nice. Um, very nice of him. He, he knew we needed the, the content. The coin toss right now. I have. Oh a, yes. A coin. Let's let's do it. Coin right. toss. Here we go. So you want um, heads or tails? I'll give you. The call I'll take. And... I'll take heads. Okay. Here we go. It's up. Honor system. It is. It is a tail. I'm. I uh, <laughs> man. All right. Well, that that makes my draft a little more interesting because. Uh, I mean, I know you're going to – actually, it may be pretty good, though. I know who you're picking with number one, so um, I can already prepare for number two, so that's perfect. There you go. All right, there you go. So Dylan will have the number one pick, uh, and uh, he will have every other pick after that um, in our mock draft here on Established Pass. So be sure to subscribe. Uh, That way you can catch all the stuff we have going on. Check out all the great stuff going on over Clutch Points. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire and Bet Online for all that they do. And uh, thanks as always for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established Fast Podcast.